Hello, and welcome to our in-house recruitment podcast. My name is Natasha Priya-Cannon from In-House Recruitment, and this podcast episode is brought to you by Cornerstone, the recruiting software simplified so you can focus on what matters. Finding the right talent with the right social tools, applicant tracking, simple to configure career sites, easy onboarding, as well as a painless candidate experience. Give them a visit today at www.cornerstoneondemand.co.uk forward slash recruitment. In this three-part series, we are joined by Duncan Miller from Cornerstone, where we will be discussing the challenges and opportunities this year has brought with it. We'll be focusing on three key areas, agility, authenticity, and skills. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Duncan um, and welcome to you guys for joining us today. I am joined by Cornerstone over a series of conversations where we're looking at some uh, some key areas and key trends within the, uh, the hiring and TA world right now. Obviously, this year uh, has been turned on its head because of the pandemic and for businesses and HR teams, that's obviously meant a change in uh, mindset, uh, a change in uh, strategy and a number of other areas as well. So Cornerstone have really been looking at um, hiring resilience um, and what that means uh, for different organisations. So there are three key areas and we're going to be covering those uh, throughout some conversations. So um, today we're going to be talking about authenticity and uh, how employer brands can impact that and the effects it has on organisations. We've also uh, running one with um, another representative, Matthew, um, and he is talking about the skills area. And then we're also talking about agility as well. But for today, we're talking about authenticity with Duncan Miller. So Duncan, would you like to introduce yourself and perhaps a little bit about Cornerstone as well? Yeah, no problem. So my name is Duncan Miller. I'm a marketing strategist for Cornerstone. And I have had the luxury of working in the talent acquisition space for several years now and kind of sit in this in the middle of uh, some specialisms around technology, around marketing. And yeah, and I've got quite a deep interest in talent acquisition, having spent so much time working with customers, working within the industry. Um, the, the, as mentioned by Natasha, like us as an organization, we're seeing the, the change and the, the status quo that is all around us at the moment. Uh, across our businesses and and as a, a, a technology provider that ultimately helps large organizations manage people in a, in a humane and efficient way we are interested on how we can help and support them during the, these times of change to not only you know uh, get to a basic line of, of, of being kind of efficient and being able to run your business as so many businesses should but also to be able to thrive within that so we're working at that across all of the areas of talent that Cornerstone focuses on. Um, but particularly, we're taking a look into the talent acquisition arena and we're acknowledging the fact that businesses are now suffering from increased volumes into their organisation uh, in terms of the number of applicants for positions. They're suffering from the fact that they're being challenged to identify the skills they need to transition and transform their businesses. Um, and they'll also then, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was like uh, the microscope is on so many organizations in terms of the way that they treat people. Uh, and this isn't just from the traditional recruiter's view of Candex, but there's also an element that pulls in employees and, and just generally how organizations are representing themselves in the public space is, is in, incredibly 
important and it's really noticed by the, the wider population and, and just uh, from if we think about that traditional recruitment you know analogy of you know how you treat your candidates they could also be your customers what's the business impact this has just kind of amplified this to with all of the unrest and uncertainty out there so i we we really honed in and said we think organizations that are looking to you know be resilient react to the status quo need to focus on having a level of authenticity to the way that they operate and so i think that's what we, we're going to have a chat about today yeah absolutely absolutely so and um, as you rightly said the candidate experience and that candidate journey has has been under the spotlight and uh, i mean a lot of organizations do it well but actually i think a lot of organizations don't do it that well anyway um and it's probably sort of lower on the list than it should be um but with the increase of the likes of social and Glassdoor and all those review sites in, in recent years. Um, obviously, how employees are then treated also impacts on that candidate attraction and ultimately their, that retention piece as well. As you said, this has been sort of amplified across the pandemic. Um, so what, how are employees influencing candidates at this time? Is it having a massive impact? So, it's fair to say all businesses are being impacted in a variety of ways, right? The macro factors are, are influencing us with some of those challenges I spoke before. Uh, and then the micro factors are the natural conditions of your business and the types of roles and the types of activities that you undertake and to what extent they're pivoting, changing, constricting or growing in some cases. So naturally, as those factors start to affect a business, it affects the people of the business. Um, now, why that's important at the moment from a, a candidate perspective is that, you know, how you treat your people is is, is really under the, the, the magnifying scope. And, and candidates, more, more often than not, want to know if they're coming to apply for you, you, you know, is this the reality that I face when, when being part of it? And it's not just about, you know, am I going to lose my job? Because there are tough decisions that businesses need to make that are inevitable to keep the, the business alive in a wider sense. Mm -hmm. But it's the way that you do these things that's important and the level of empathy that you're able to show and the level of care, care and consideration and support that you're able to offer. For, for people that are transitioning out of the business or temporarily out of the business, for people that are you know being asked to do jobs that's not what they signed up for, how do you manage that transition? And so I think it's just adding an extra layer. Employer branding has been incredibly important for a long time now. People recognize the fact that they need to show what a great place it is to be because we were in this stage of this war for talent where you know we were really competing for the very, very best people. And we wanted to attract new talent. We wanted to retain our top talent. And so we, we understood that we needed to represent that to the, to the new community so that we get more people. Now, that's really been put under strain because we're having to do so, much, so many people changes at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and so it's really critical that as organizations make employee changes, they recognize the ramifications that this will have to their employer brand. And, and you mentioned the influx of social media and the channels of Glassdoor. This just seeks to provide a channel for people to be able to express themselves. Now, it is somewhat a little bit unlicensed in some ways, and people, emotion can take over and you can get very negative ones. But it, it, with anything and with a marketer's background, the feedback's the most important piece so that you as a business can be clear about whether you, you did do something wrong or it's just a mitigating factor and it's the stress of the situation. So I just think it's shining a light 
on the way that we treat employees and that how we then represent our business to potential candidates or the top talent that we're looking to hire in, is, you know, people are checking whether actually what you say is how is what you do. And there's, there's so much that's publicised in with the pandemic in the wider media that, you know, it's very easy to check that. And you can't say you're a really inclusive and diverse employer. And then actually, you know, you're letting go certain communities or you're behaving a certain way. There's just a lot more accountability around it. Yeah, and it's, that, it's being that authentic voice, isn't it? And actually saying or doing what you're saying you're de- doing. Um, in terms of um, employees at the moment, obviously it's, an, and I hate to say this word, and I feel like I've overused it and I've never used it as much um, ever. It's such an unprecedented time. And for employees, obviously you might have some that are um, on reduced hours or reduced pay, some that are on furlough, some that are uh, um, unfortunately being made redundant. As you said, there's some some people that are doing a job that they would never have expected to be doing. Um, For business leaders and trying to understand how that is, I know, I mean, are they just trying to keep their heads above water, though? Um, And as much as the employees are their business, is it a fair statement to say actually the businesses are just trying to do whatever it is that they can to make sure that they survive? And especially if you look at that sort of retail and hospitality sector, um, you know, it's a real struggle for those guys at the moment. Um, Do you think the business... I I totally think that. And I think when I talk to people within the talent acquisition function, more than any people that we talk to in some of the other parts of the business, they're being asked to operate almost at the same... Well, they're being asked to operate in conditions with more volume and more scale of of people in some cases, but with less resources as members of their teams have been furloughed and moved out of the business. I mean, it's fair to say that businesses need to make tough decisions to, to retain the survival of the business. But the way that you take those decisions, and I think the key piece here is really, really transparency where you can offer it and communication. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can communicate with empathy and consistently and be transparent about why you're making those decisions, um, then people will start to understand and be supportive of how if people are leaving your business, they land. Because you, there are a number of ways that we're seeing employers um, recognise the reductions in their headcount, but also saying, well, OK, we feel some responsibility to set up groups for you so that we can introduce you to hire other employers. Or we can look at other areas where you can take your skills into businesses that are high in demand and make relationships with those organisations so that maybe you can go and work uh, temporarily in that organization because you have some transferable skills and we can assess our business outcomes. So it's all about the level of thoughtfulness that you give to the people that make up your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think there is no easy answer to it. And, and But talent acquisition teams who are used to communicating with people do are able to offer the business more of maybe that comms aspect. Uh, to help them understand how to communicate to employees and to make sure that you keep, as we mentioned, that employee brand and that that thing that we say we are front of mind when we deal with our old people, because, own people, because, you know, it's very easy to believe and create a brand of what we want the world to believe. But the, the TA people have a responsibility to say, well, this is what you're telling you are as a company. Make sure you go and live those values when you communicate to your employees and when you, when you change things. Yeah, absolutely. And um, some of those points that you highlighted there, so obviously Airbnb is one of the um, organisations that sort of spring to mind where, um, you know, they had to make a a number of people, um, a huge amount of number of people redundant, but actually they were praised for how they went about it. And it was all in the communication, actually what they were able to do for those employees that they unfortunately had to had to let go. 
from an employee perspective, we know kind of what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. At the moment, there's a huge volume of candidates out there in the market probably applying for your roles. So how do we ensure that that candidate experience um, is as good as it can be at this time? So we've talked about the fact that we recognise that, you know, we do need to lead with transparency, with authenticity and, and over communicate to our employees. But we also recognise that given the, the scaling and changing of businesses, that that's quite difficult for us or a community which we see as our own. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about our candidates that are coming into the market uh, and applying for our jobs, and then you take into account that multiplier effect of the fact that they could also be customers as well as candidates, it's incredibly important to make sure that we treat these people with the same level of you know, kind of care and attention. The challenge that we're having as TA functions is that the volume of people entering the market because of the things that are happening is exponential. And actually, it doesn't mean that there's a ton of candidates that are perfect now for all your roles, because I think if you watch our skills part of this series, we'll acknowledge that hard to skill, find skills are still quite hard to find, or in some case, they're non-existent because they're for new jobs and new roles. Mm-hmm. So you're entering a position where you're getting a ton of volume in and lots of people really eager to work for your business. You, you've got an employer brand where you, 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 know, you, you, you say the right things, you believe the right things around treating people with equity and respect and, and fairness. But you're just having to say no more because, you know, just because you've got a load more people that have applied, it doesn't mean you've got a load more roles. It doesn't mean those people are suitable for it. So organisations that we've spoken to recently are customers are just finding roles that never were or businesses that were never volume recruiter recruiting hirers are now in a volume recruiting play and that they're not necessarily set up with the same slick tech to help filter and select through some of their the, the, the kind of wider candidates. They're not set up with the right communication strategy to be able to communicate to candidates at scale. And so you've got all of these people that are saying more. And, and I had a, a, the luckiness to meet with a group of TA leaders last week. And one of them, both of them had completely the right intentions and neither of them had the tools. They're getting like 300 applications for a role, which would you normally get 10. And they've had a scaled down recruiting team. And they're just saying like, I really want to reply to all of these people, but I can't. And then people are becoming irate because there's natural pressures that they're looking for roles. And so it just puts teams in a really unfair position. Mm. That being said, there are numerous technology um, options that can help you automate some of this process. Candidate relationship management technologies being repurposed, not only for, you know, dealing with these huge volumes, but also, you know, for redeployment and furlough. We're seeing user cases now within our base where they're using that, that CRM piece to manage internal communities. Yeah. So that, you're, yeah, again, that over-communication piece. Um, and and I, I heard a really fantastic story from a, a leading uh, foot shoe retailer. And because I haven't got express position, I won't go into it. <laughs> but you can probably find it went viral. He'd received uh, kind of 300, again, applications for just the shop assistant. And he realised he just couldn't respond to everybody. So instead, he, he crafted a, an Outlook email that was in BCC. Uh, and BCC'd all the email addresses and just said, look, I'm really, really sorry. I can't respond to all of you personally. I don't have the, the, the job to, to fill all that. And I don't have the time or capacity of the team. But uh, like, I really want to let you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that you're looking for work right now. I have a family member who's in the same position and I get how tough it is. So like, keep going. And he actually then introduced a couple of online courses or videos for people that could help find jobs in retail. Yeah. 
Maybe. Which is which is and and I think they received quite a lot of viral push and spread on it because people recognise that you just try to show some care and that the reality is the reality and the outcome is still the same. You're not coming to work in this business, but at least I cared enough to try and respond to you. Yeah, and you don't need a, a, a fancy tool or technology. It's just thinking outside the box. And actually, probably um, he probably got told off by um, HR or the legal team oh, for oh, definitely doing the marketing that. Team. Yeah. Definitely the marketing team said, please don't do that. Yeah. But but the, the, the reality is tech can help support that, but tech can't give you the empathy to understand that you need to care about it. And nearly every TA leader I spoke to was like, we really care and we know it's important to our brand. But you noted like there's just changing conditions. So I think having those values is, is incredibly important for organisations of all size. Be smart and scrappy where you can. Or if you've got budgets and you've got teams, lean into the technologies that you use. There, there are, like I said, using a CRM to manage can, internal candidates and furlough is, is, a, is a different user case to what it's normally used for, but it still helps manage that journey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think that that's all. They're the kind of interesting things where tech can help you, but it's not everything. It's, it's kind of what do you want to do and what do you want your band to be perceived as? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of um, organisations and especially um, sort of career sites can take from um, the consumer world as well. And we spoke about this um, just earlier as well, is actually taking that sort of consumer behaviour and putting it into the, the hiring process and, and using that as a... Um, as an ideal scenario so for example I now use um, Gusto the the cooking um, sort of company but at the time that I went to use them they weren't accepting any more offers because weren't accepting any more customers because they were at capacity and all they had to do was just pop um, do a little pop-up on their screen um, just to say we're at capacity pop your email address in and we'll get back to you you know something along those lines just to, just to let candidates or potential applicants know that you've got a high volume and um, because mm -hmm. not every yeah. candidate is going to know what is going on in the recruiting world we do because we work in it but not everyone's going to be fully aware of actually the quantity of applications that some hiring teams are getting through because it, it, it is beyond and we hear this term exponential and that is exactly what some industries are seeing now for some industries where we see growth because of the pandemic so we think about food retailers mm it's a case of scaling for them uh, a famous food retailer that we support um you know they they were able to add an extra 15k hires because they're already a volume recruiter they already use technologies to help them filter and assess and video interviewing and you know uh, selection and gamification to help you know get to the people quicker so it was a case of scaling and of course that's a transition for them but they're already in that mindset of volume recruiting so many others uh, and especially when we think about some of the, the more traditional retailers that are quite decentralized you're talking about a hiring manager who probably runs a shop who now has hundreds of applicants and like has a tool that he kind of used. So it's just, it's just, you know, introducing a, a different factor to it. I think the other part to it that was really interesting from that story of the, the, the leading shoe retailer is that yes, that he sent the, the email, but he actually tried to introduce some learning and some part of like saying, not only do I want to show some empathy for your situation, but I found this really useful and maybe you will as well. Yeah. And if organisations can bottle that secret source to say, you know, and, and we talked as well in our other one around the skills, around assessing the skills that you need and being able to say, well, okay, you don't quite have the skills that we need, but maybe we could help you get there either for us or for someone else. 
that again brings you know the the authenticity to the brand and the the fact that like we are what we say in our employer brand we do care about people we do want to live an innovative sharing culture mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's another area where people are doing it naturally and actually it's uh there are ways to do it through vendors but i think it's a combination right you've got to have the you've got to have the desire to kind of have that level of service and that care of attention yeah absolutely and what other ways do you think employers can um best communicate at this time given that you know a lot of when we're in lockdown 2.0 and you know there's people who are consuming media in a slightly different way now than they normally would so how do you think employers can actually get that message to potential candidates um, for now, but also for the future as well, because let's not forget that actually what happens now is going to have a very lasting effect for what mm -hmm. happens in two, three years down the line. Yeah, I think, I think the channels, the channel, I think when we, you and I talked about this previously offline, we talked about the channels and what channels, and I think channels are pretty, you know, aligned to the type of business you are. If you're a, a super trendy luxury retailer, you know, then social media is something that's probably going to be somewhere where you want to have a strong presence, where not only are you pushing the values of your products, but also the values of you as a brand. And so there, but organizations really need to lean into the channels where they're already engaging people. At. And, and like you said, I don't know, I thought it was incredibly interesting, just a small note on your website to say that actually we experience a high volume of demand please go here to find out if we don't, if you don't hear within a certain time period, then you're probably not going to be able to hear. We're really sorry. Those things will make the difference. Um, I think also, you know, it, where recruiters can step in is another channel and being realistic and, you know, trying to give that human touch as much as possible is another important area. But we, we obviously realize that that doesn't scale in the same way. Organization can use videos. So we, we, we saw this pre pandemic, this authenticity being surfaced by offering an option for a hiring manager to take a video and attach it to a job description. So, you know, hey, we've got this role within my marketing team. It's completely crazy. Do you want to um, come and join our team? And it gives you a feel for the culture of the team, which can be important in a, you know, a competitive industry for somebody to be able to assimilate what your culture is like and put a face to it. Mm -hmm. We're seeing that now post-pandemic is, you, you know, that technology, again, we talk about ingenuity can be used to get your head of employer branding, get your CEO to say, look, we know there's so many talented people out there, but we can't address with everybody and embedding that media. One of the things that I'm personally seeing from a more digitalized world is the, is the need for richer content that talks to audiences in, 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 in segments, but also broadly, and people are looking for that. And, and so you would say digital is an area where if you're gonna invest in some content, that's predominantly the meeting ground for people. Um, but then, yeah, how that shared channels can be very different depending on who your kind of core hiring audience is or who your employee audience is, mm -hmm. what the demographics of those, what the demographics of those audiences look like and how they normally engage with you. Yeah. So it's probably just amplified um, what you would or should have been doing pre-pandemic. Yeah, it, it's trying to scale, it's trying to scale it with, in a human way, which is which is the challenge. Yeah. But like I said, using technology to put a human face and genuine concern and understanding but into a channel where lots of people consume it and where you've done some research and analysis. TA, I always find TA teams and marketing teams don't talk enough when there's so much convergence between the candidate experience and the customer experience. Mm. I find it ins insane that they don't talk more because there's so many crossover areas. 
even so in terms of like acquiring new people converting engaging retaining so i think like talk to if it was practical talk to your marketing teams and say who's the comm specialist how do we get to this audience represent what we want to say because i doubt there's many businesses that that just don't care about people but then how can we bring that to how can you help us understand where where we get our audiences from and who's in what are our channels which are currently being engaged is it a newsletter is it a career site and then like how can we help craft a message which can kind of put the status quo of where we are and and, and help our audience understand the current limitations or um, thought process and strategy of our business yeah, absolutely. And something that I think um, is really interesting that I've spoken to a couple of organisations that do is, um, and it sort of leads into that sort of skills assessment and understanding who your employees are and actually what their interests are. You might have a, a YouTube star um, on, you know, yeah. on within your organisation that, you know, is literally the best person to be able to talk to the people that you want to hire but if you don't know that about your employees how are you then going to attract those people as well so really using your employees to attract um those other candidates as well is, is a key one and um, duncan what do, what do candidates want to see from an employer at this time we've talked about the authentic voice and you know being able to um, showcase actually who you are but what do you think is going to have the most positive impact for organizations at this time i think i think organizations and it comes a little bit back to the skills piece of like being clear about what you need yeah so and and, and what that means is understanding what your business needs from a, a strategy transformation like what are, you, what are you trying to get to and then making sure that that surfaces clearly into a job description or into you know a job ad so that People are, in some cases, looking for jobs quite frantic, frantically. And in other cases where there's, they've got specialist skills, people are finding it harder to move or they're, they're more reluctant to move is what we're hearing from a lot of employers. So you think there's lots of volume, but you still can't get the people you wanted. So be really clear about what you need and then be really clear about, you know, how you have treated your employees and and the development paths one of the things we hear all the time is like how are you going to help me grow as an individual and so they need to think through that as well in terms of like the, what is the job today and where could the job go and and that that again talks more about the, the kind of converging of some of the hr functions to make sure that that's fully aligned and isn't just on a job by job basis but it's something we believe as an organization across all the jobs we do so i think candidates are looking for like that clarity uh, I think they're looking for, you know, a recognition of the fact that they are applying to your organisation. And that's a communication as basic as we talked about on the website or even a very basic email communication. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even on, um, you know, if you go to a customer services website, they let you know what the expected timeframes are, the parameters that they're going to apply to you. We can just use that in, in the recruiting world as well. It's, it's, it's a line of text on a website, isn't it? Yeah, the, the challenge is, and this is what I hear not way before 2020 is that, yes, we can do all of those things, but they require a different set of skills of what we have currently have in our talent acquisition team. Yes, we could do integrated marketing campaigns, but first we need to teach recruitment people the benefit of doing marketing in the first place of like, who am I targeting? What am I trying to do? And, and how am I going to measure it? And, you know, all of those pieces around it too often vendors and, 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 talk about you know you can build these integrated segmented marketing campaigns 
but but they don't teach you the kind of the rationale about when to do that and not do it. That's the theory piece. And so when you talk about the customer service piece, it's completely the same user case, but they don't necessarily have the customer service background formally or the formal training to think about treating you like that. But I see that piece that we talked about earlier very much for what do candidates want? Well, I think it's the same thing as what customers want. I think they want to be you to be transparent about what they can get from you and what you're offering. I think they want you to at least answer them and, and communicate back, and they want you to behave consistently so that they know how to interact with you. And I think that's the, the same thing. We will work with different suppliers who work slightly differently, but as long as they work consistently and we know that they email or we know that we go on a chatbot on their website, we feel comfortable in the fact that we can dialogue and communicate with them. And now, of course, we'll all have our preferences, but you know, I'm, I'm happy as long as I feel I can have a voice. And I think that's true to candidates as well. Yeah, that's a great way of um, saying it is that, that they want a voice, essentially, isn't it? That's what they want. Um, okay, brilliant. And, and probably a final point from, from my side, and I don't know if you've got anything to, to add to this. It's not too late for organisations. I know there are a lot of organisations that actually haven't done the authenticity piece very well at all during lockdown. And I think it's understandable, and I think there'll be a certain amount of forgiveness. Um, but from my side, it's not too late to start and, ha and start having those communication points. Um, you, from my perspective, I think people can just um, pick it up from here. Um, you know, because if you don't really, you're going to be in in quite a bad spot in the next sort of six months or so. Um, from my side, but Duncan, I don't know if you wanted to add anything else or if you had any other sort of closing thoughts or comments on that authenticity piece. Yeah. So. The closing points for me are organisations all have different levels of impact that they're experiencing at the moment. They have different levels of resources. They have different levels of experience and skills. And so for me to try and explain exactly what everybody should do, I mean, you can say, yeah, build a build a, an automated email platform that will allow you to communicate to people consistently. That's just maybe you don't have the skills, you don't have the budget, you don't have the time, you're being pulled into other areas. So all I would say is like the empathy and the care piece will get, in my opinion, will get most organizers, organizations some of the way there. Mm. It's what we've always talked about with candidate experience. It's amplified a bit. It's like care about the experience that you're offering and the experience of the individual and, and what's around them. And, and, and then be transparent about how much you can care based on the resources and the time that you have around you. Because I, I final comment, we spoke to a chap that worked, uh, in a kind of a declining industry and all of his team was missing he's still experiencing the volume and he like he just doesn't know what to do but he cares so he's doing some things and, yeah. and actually i think if you can show that level of care for the experience um and still try and do that people will understand because because people are caring there for one another so it's got a little bit fluffy there but i, I do and uh, and a bit happy but like, i do think like if you care about the experience you'll, you'll try to make it better even if it's small steps we need a bit of happiness at the moment, Duncan. We're in lockdown 2.0. I think a little bit of fluffiness and a little bit of care is uh, goes a long way. And I think yeah. ultimately that's um, that's true for um, the wider world, not just in a, a hiring experience as well. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Well, Duncan, thank you so much for joining today. It was really interesting to chat through um, both the employee and candidate journey and experiences um, on that side. But thank you very much for joining. Look forward to our next session um, as well. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Natasha. Thanks, Duncan.
Thanks for listening, everyone. For more insights around in-house recruitment, talent acquisition, or even HR, do head over to our inhouserecruitment.co.uk website where we have a whole host of other resources and events for you to get stuck into.